0: I want to be honest and go ahead and say, like from the get-go, some of my like good and bad stories of fasting. Um, today, I feel like Galfua is always worried because I've been like taking less time to prepare, prepare for some sermons. Today feels like a conversation with you guys and sharing stories. There's not like all this text that we have to like unpack and all this. So I I feel like today is just going to be like a conversation. And she's worried I didn't prepare enough. So you'll see. You you guys can see if like (laughs) you guys can see if if it's terrible. Then you can say, "Hey John, I think you need to prepare." But I feel like today is going to be sharing some stories. I don't know. I grew up in a. I was a. I'm a pastor's kid, and my dad, you know, uh, practiced fasting a lot. Um, I, I think there has been three times uh, In my dad's life where he has Fasted for 40 days wow. Like you know in the bible Jesus fasting For 40 days he's like super disciplined So like he's, he's like I'm going to do that I'm going to do that So he does that he actually did i would never heard of this I don't know if you guys have He did an Esther fast and an Esther fast If you remember from the story of Esther Is like three days Of nothing like no food No water so, like, not highly recommended by health professionals. And yeah. and, and apparently, to him, like, that was the hardest one he said to him was, like, not drinking anything. So that's, that's pretty rough. So I've grown up with, like, fasting in the background, you know, as a kid. And I'm um, not sure your story with that. But um, I've certainly – oh, we never dismissed the kids. <laughs> oh, Jesus, bless a Monte. Bless them, Lord. Thank you for our kids. Amen. Um, so, um, and you can go too. You're going to take someone with you? Okay. All right. Let's figure it out. <laughs> Family problems here. Okay. Um, uh, but for me, I'll tell you this. Fasting, I grew up, I think, with a really like... Um, Works oriented system of fasting like it was hard for me to understand how it wasn't like transactional at first at least it was like you know we do this so God gives us something you know like we fast so we get an answer to prayer or we fast in order to get something from God and that took a long time in my Brain And my wiring to like reorient that And I don't know how that's been for you It was always kind of taught to me And I think that there's, there's truth to this But it was always taught to me like You don't do something so that you do other things and, and I always felt a little bit guilty If I laid something down But I didn't do all that I was supposed to do On the other side Like I don't eat lunch So I'm supposed to pray during lunch or, you know, I don't, you know, do this other thing, so during that time I would normally do that with, then I'm supposed to do these other things. And, and honestly, like, it, it, it played into this, like, like I'm trying to get something from God. Um, and, and I think there's been reorientation for me over the years. But I'll tell you what, um, the first sermon on this series from Mary Getz, if you weren't down here, I would just say, like, I checked it. I made sure. It's on the podcast. I think it's, like, a really worthwhile listen. Maybe it was just for me. But I loved, like, how Mary approached this fast. And it was the Fasting and Repentance Sermon. Um, And I leaned over to Steve in the middle of the sermon. And I was like, all of this stuff she's sharing about fasting could really be applied to any spiritual discipline or practice in her life. And it's all about, like... Jesus going first and us responding to Jesus and really just this, this wanting to be relationally close to Jesus. Like she compared it to like any kind of marriage or friendship, you do things in that relationship to foster your connection with that person. And like fasting is just a practice, a habit that we have, like reading the Bible, like praying, where we're not trying to get something out of God. We're just trying to, like, foster our connection with Him. And draw closer to Him relationally. And so, as I, I, as I came into that... Oh, I'm sorry. Here, let me just put it closer to my mouth. Okay. Yeah, I'll do that. So, if it's not loud enough, I'll just... Because you know, I hate when you try to... I'm, I, yeah, anyway. Alright. Um... Uh, I came into that Sunday um, thinking, you know, I had prayed. I'd been like, God, what do you want me to do for this fast? But as I sat through that message, I felt, for the first time in my life, I felt invited into something, invited into a fast. Like, up to that point in my life, I had always done, like, okay, we're doing this fast, so I'm going to do this stuff and, I'm, and, and I kind of came up with a plan, and I put it out there, and I set forth to accomplish my plan. And that was met with varying degrees of, you get grumpy, and you don't want to do that plan anymore. Or, you know, like, you have a headache, and you're like, is this how Jesus really wants me to live, is with this headache? And um, <laughs> just start rationalizing it in your head, and thinking through all these things. That morning, and, and, and some of this fast for me has been so different, because it was like, Jesus... Sort of just said, hey, I'm inviting you into this thing. Like, you're welcome to come and, like, fast. And I came in thinking, I had this, like, limited diet thing. It wasn't a Daniel fast. It was more like... You know, no sweets and no breads and like don't eat after a certain time and eat less and all like no snacking. I haven't been in the pantry in a while, you know, except for, you know, to do other things in our pantry, but not to get snacks off the shelf. Like it was like that was my idea. But then I but that morning I felt like Jesus was like, hey, you could like not eat this week. And I'm inviting you into like a little bit different than what you thought. But I want to reveal like that my grace is enough for that. And I want to, and, and, and like, like I just, it was, it was inviting. It wasn't like I had to, it wasn't like my idea or my plan. It was like Jesus said, you could do this and see what happens. Um, and it was like really different for me. It was really different. I'm going to, I'm going to share a little bit more about that as I, as I go and, and share this message. But um, I, I felt like my main point for this morning, which will be up there, I sort of have two points, but the main point is this idea that Jesus invites us and we follow. I mean, that sounds pretty basic, right? Um, But when it came to fasting for me this time, it felt so different. Like Jesus had invited me into something and I just followed him into it. Instead of me coming up with a plan and asking Jesus to come into my plan or to bless my Um, My best attempts. It it felt like it flipped it around. So we are going to look at scripture together. If you have your Bibles or if you want to follow along on the screen, we're going to be in Acts chapter 13. And there's just a, if this is a really simple, straightforward message, this is a a simple passage that we're going to talk through and then just share some more story and share some more experience about Um, But Acts chapter 13, you've heard us talk before about the church at Antioch. Does anybody remember anything that's different about the church at Antioch? Anybody? This is interactive. Okay. Uh (laughs) They were first called Christians. Thank you, John Weber, by way of Taylor. Somebody else say something? Yeah, Michael. A lot of Gentiles. A lot of Gentiles. Okay, so this is like they started in Jerusalem, but then the persecution led them out into other places. And Antioch was a Greek, uh, you know, city, and uh, there was it was much more diverse. It was not all Jews sitting around in Jerusalem. Um, there was a mix of people, so we're going to pay attention to that because it names some of these people here, um, and uh, and we're going to learn about the church at Antioch. So um, yeah, so so read with me. We're going to start. Here on the screen, I'll get out of the way. Now, in the church at Antioch, okay. oh, right I don't now. want to go by the speaker, there, oh, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, Colniger, oh. Lucius of Cyrene, Managhan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul, ...for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Alright, so let's look at some some of these people. Okay, we got, we got mention of Barnett. Oh, first, it points out we got prophets and teachers, okay? Now, if you read between the lines here a little bit, not only do we have prophets and teachers... Barnabas is like one of these dudes that they called Barnabas because they called him the son of encouragement. That's what his name meant. He was probably like, whenever we do a teaching on fivefold, Barnabas is like the classic pastor. Like, he's encouraging everybody, he's loving people, he's looking out for people, bringing them into the fold. Barnabas, in his gifting, got to be at least some sort of pastor, along with other things. And then, you know, we got Saul, and he's definitely an apostle, right? He's, like, going to go out and start all these new things and do these new works. So it tells us there's prophets and teachers, but then we also know there's pastors and apostles. I imagine there's some evangelist gift in there, too. I'm just pointing out, just from the beginning, it's kind of cool that there's this, like, five-fold gifting of leadership here that's, like, pointed out, because we always talk about how... Good it is to work with other leaders that balance out our giftings, and God puts us in these um, in these families where He brings these gifts up because Jesus is all of them. He's all the fivefold, and we need you know more than just us to demonstrate that. So, cool. The next thing I want to point out is the diversity of this group. So you got Simeon called Niger, which we, we are pretty certain Niger means black, and we're pretty certain that Simeon was an African believer, maybe even, who knows, the guy who picked up Jesus' cross and carried it to a crucifixion. Wow. Like, um, I'm not sure if that's like standard church history, but it's just a thought. Like, Simeon could have been that guy that carried the cross when it fell because he was Simeon of the Cyrene, um, which is in Africa. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm mixing make some names because they're Cyrene. So, okay, and then Mannion who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch. Herod the Tetrarch was the guy that cut off John the Baptist's head, okay? And he was one of the dudes that Jesus stood in trial before um, on the way to the crucifixion. So Manian had been brought up and like, was in the inner circle with Herod the Tetrarch, this dude. Like, can you, I'd just say, like, get a picture of this room. of Saul. You guys already know about Saul. He's like the Jewish, so the Jew, you know, killing all the Christians. And then he converts to Jesus. I'm just saying that would be an interesting group be a part of, right? Okay? This is like a diverse group. They got the fivefold going on. They got people from different backgrounds and places. Really cool. And then look at, um, we'll get to the fast thing in just a second. But, um, oh, I like it. I should have used another. The New American Standard Version says they were ministering to the Lord. I was like, oh, that's really good. We were going to have a sermon on ministering to the Lord, and then I think it got flipped or something. So, it might be a part of the other series. Um, but they were ministering to the Lord, is what the Bible says. And you've heard, like, Jake, um, I th- I, or some of us, like, references recently. You know, if we are, if we've been made into a kingdom of priests, the priest's job is to minister to the Lord. Mm-hmm. When we come together and worship, sometimes when we worship, we're, like, encouraging each other. We're singing to each other in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Um, a lot of times, like, our job is just to, to like... Raise up praise and a beautiful, pleasing aroma to the Lord and minister to His presence. Because we're priests, and that's our job as royal priests, okay? Now, that's a side note, but just, just keep that in mind. When we come into worship as a priest of the Lord, we are ministering to His presence and letting the Lord enter it. And I loved... I feel like today's worship of like resting in the Lord and resting in His faithfulness is going to ring true in this um, sermon and the thoughts that I have and this idea of fasting and what fasting does. So, so now let's let's talk about the fasting. Do you guys see? They weren't totally fasting. This is a dad joke. You guys ready for a dad joke? They weren't totally fasting because they made a fasting sandwich. Huh. <laughs> no, All right, fasting. so. So while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, okay, fasting on the front end, okay. Then the Lord speaks to them, and then after they had fasted and prayed, they put a little fasting on the back end too. Then they had a fasting sandwich—fasting on the front end and on the back end. That's really bad, but it's keeping you engaged, right? All right. So, so I don't know if this was like their normal practice. If they just fasted. I don't know if this was like a certain time in the church where they were like, guys, we feel like the Lord's saying something. We just got to fast. My guess is, Jesus, told them. Like, when I'm with you, my disciples don't have to fast. But when I leave, they'll be fasting. Again. Okay, so my guess is this is a practice and a habit that they picked up from Jesus. And, um, and so they come into this gathering, worship, they're ministering to the Lord's presence, they're fasting, and then the Holy Spirit speaks. Okay. Again, I loved, I loved um, Mary's message in that she she touched on this like the response of our of Jesus to our fasting is totally up to him. Like it, we cannot dictate what Jesus does when we fast. I have gone into fast. Like, hoping to get a word or something, hoping to, like, get an answer about something, hoping to get clarity about something. It's like, I can't go into it, like, thinking I'm going to get a certain outcome. Like, the the response is totally up to God. But oftentimes, and here, the Holy Spirit speaks. And this is where my point I want to make. You know, Jesus, in some way, shape, or form, Jesus invited them into this fast together as a body and then as they followed him into the fast, the Holy Spirit speaks and invites them into something else. And our whole point this morning is just to notice this connection between fasting and the mission that flows out of it. Okay? So we've done fasting and repentance. We did last week. It was about power, ministry um, as a result or as a, as a, you know, a piece, an element of fasting. And now today we're talking about fasting and mission and how our fasting leads to us going out on mission. So you know, imagine yourself in this room. Uh, you got a gathering here. There's probably other people we don't know their names, and you're fasting and you're worshiping. And the Holy Spirit says, you know, says this: "Set apart from me, Barnabas and Saul, the word to which I have called them." Now, how did that work? How do you think that? How do you think that happened? Do you think? Do you think maybe like? They're worshiping and God gave somebody a vision? Do you, think, um, do you think maybe they're worshiping and their hearts are burning for, like, verses in the Old Testament that talk about, like, God's light going out to the nations and being a light to the Gentiles? Do you think that, you know, maybe some of them read the same Old Testament scriptures as the Lord gave them, you know, like, direction in their prayers? Um, do you think that maybe some of them came in with dreams? Of Paul and Saul and Barnabas, like being sent out. I have no idea, but I know how this works with our body, right? I know how this often works as we gather for things like upper room prayer and as we gather on a Sunday morning and how the Lord has given some folks some scripture or some prophetic words and we come in and the Lord sets our hearts onto something together and He points us in a common direction. For how we're to pray and how we're to move and how our prayer and worship time leads out to the mission around us. Um, And I would say that really good and healthy prayer, it may first take us inward, but then it's going to lead us outward, right? Okay, so prayer is, prayer comes up short if all that it is is concerned about ourselves, and never leads us out into mission. And these guys coming together to fast. On top of this coming together to pray. Was really just making room for the Holy Spirit to speak his word. To lead them to where he wanted them to go. So let me tell you about one other place in scripture that came to mind as I got into this. So turn if you want or look in the screen. Um, for Luke 4, and this is the life of Jesus, and a lot of us know this story, right? Uh, Jesus is starting his ministry, and the first thing he does is get dunked in the water by John the Baptist, right, and gets baptized, and the Holy Spirit comes on him, and what happens next? This is my son with whom I mm-hmm. The Lord, the God, the Father speaks from heaven, the Holy Spirit, it's a picture of the Trinity, and then he is led by the Spirit, we're going to read this, okay, so... Jesus right after his baptism, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So I want to just show you Jesus is inviting him. Jesus is going first oh, I'm sorry it's, all, it's always hard when you talk about Jesus being led so I keep saying Jesus, but it's like the Holy Spirit is leading Jesus out into the wilderness okay so it's it's an invitation that comes from his father and from the Holy Spirit. Where for 40 days he's tempted by the devil, he ate nothing during those days. This is a Captain Obvious verse. And of the uh, he was hungry. <laughs> right? Okay, just got hungry too. So, so the, the spirit goes first, invites him out into the wilderness. Um, Jesus responds by following that invitation. He goes out he fasts for those 40 days. He also does, you know, battle with the devil. And then when it's over, check out what happens when it's over on the back end of the story in 13 through 15. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the spirit and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues and everyone praised him. This is like the kickoff, the inauguration of Jesus starting his ministry. He then goes into the temple and reads like, you know, the, the famous passage from Isaiah about, you know, um, setting the captives free and the year of the Lord and all of that. And this, this fasting, this invitation from the Spirit to first go into the wilderness... And to fast and to be with him um, led uh, then back to Jesus coming back and being sent out for ministry. And this is the simple point of today. The paradigm for us in doing what we do should be that Jesus invites, Jesus initiates. He goes first and we follow him into the places where he takes us. This is why we so often say that phrase, go where the grace is, right? Because what we mean by that is you don't have to go into this place thinking I've got to do all the heavy lifting. I've got to do all the work. I've got to make this happen. I've got to come up with the perfect plan for how God is going to take my city back for Jesus um, and think that you are the crusader on a crusade making this thing happen. How many, we value God stories around here in the tab, right? How many God stories did people make happen? Did they make those God stories happen or did they participate with what God was doing and step into that stuff? Now we cooperate with Him. Yes, We, co- we have a place in this, but He goes first. We look for where He is working. We listen for His voice. And this is why we say, and this is, Second subpoint is that all mission starts with God's voice. Yeah. All mission starts with God's voice. Uh, Joel and Galfua are leading this little missional leader cohort with people, through, it's through the network of the district, but really just trying to raise up folks that are, that are being missionaries in different places. And this phrase is kind of on me a lot of times. It's like the, the place that that group starts when we do, like, time together, it's like first the first thing is to hear the voice of God because all mission starts with hearing His voice. And if you're going to go be a missionary somewhere, you better have heard the voice of Jesus on that and you better continue to lean into His voice continually. You know, we mentioned having Calling Lab this weekend. At Calling Lab, we talk about how You know, like, God has gifted you in these ways. He's given you this personality. He's put these things on your heart. And you may have this, like, passion on your life. You may have this burning desire to, like, work or to see change in a certain issue in the world. But there might be a million ways for, like, you to express the desire of following Jesus into that. Um, Like, take, for example, like, Fatherlessness may be like just something that burns within you. Like you hate to see kids that are growing up without a father. But, but maybe the voice of the Lord is leading you into adoption. Or maybe he's leading you to start a mentoring program or to be a mentor. Or maybe he's leading you to be like a football coach and just like be a father to the kids on your football team. Like there could be like a million ways to, to like live that out. And at Calling Lab, we're telling people, like, you gotta pay attention. What is Jesus saying in your life? What has he done in your life? Where has he gone before you? Where has he given you grace? And instead of just, like, coming up with your master plan to conquer fatherlessness in your neighborhood, like, why don't you, like, pay attention to Jesus' plan? Because it says he's got works prepared beforehand for us to do, um, and it's probably important for us to pay attention and to listen first before we set out and just ask God to bless our best efforts and attempts. Mm-hmm. Now, there's really practical stuff here, right? Like, there, there's always stuff that's the right thing to do, right? There's always stuff that's like, this is, this is right. I remember I was like at early 20-something. The, it was always like a struggle. Like, what's God's will for my life? What am I supposed to do? Where am I gonna be? That's like so normal for like, 20s and you know now like even past that it's like oh, I don't want to miss it I'm gonna miss it if I don't listen and hear right. Um, there's always like I remember in those days the wisdom was like you already know God's will like you know like God says love Him and love other people that's His will like and then you can sort out the details like later you can sort out the assignments in your life and the jobs. You but you know you know that there's just stuff that's the right thing to do. There's always stuff that we just have to do, like it's right and we have to do it. But I do want to point out that there are some things that are the right thing to do that we have to do, but we could be listening for how to do it. We could be listening and and hearing strategies and plans of the Lord for how we go about doing the things that he wants us to do. Um, And so I want to come back now. It feels like we took a little a little diversion from fasting for just a second. But I want to come back and finish, up, finish this off with talking about how this relates to fasting and fasting relating to mission. You know, fasting for me, oftentimes, is this um, exercise in weakness. Um, and I really like fasting for that reason. There's, I really like it. A, there's, a, there's a Christian artist, musician, that died in the 90s named Rich Mullins. And one of his songs that always comes to me when we're fasting is, uh, it was called, We Are Not As Strong As We Think We Are. And it's just really, really good. Like, don't get, don't get too big on yourself, you know? you know. Come back down to earth. You're not as strong as you think you are. Um, and for me, fasting is an exercise in weakness. Um, but especially this time, it, for me, it was an exercise in slowing down. And it was, and and this sounds paradoxical, but I've heard this before. There's like a friend of mine read a book and he was pointing this out. Like sometimes slowing down helps us to keep up with Jesus. Like we're going like a million miles a minute um, and Jesus is like way back here, like patient and doing his thing and we're off running and doing all these other things. And the Lord has really done a work in me to slow me down. The last several years. I used to, or not oh, sorry, like nine months. Like I feel like God put his finger, <laughs> put his finger on this. There were some sermons, there were some um, prayer times, people praying for me. There was some things that I feel like the Lord actually supernaturally broke off. Like I used to go into work and it was like, all right, I got a list of three things. Three page list of all the things I got to get done today, and I got to get them done in three hours because the rest of my day is meetings, and you can't get work done in meetings, and you got, you know, like all that struggle, and I'm like task oriented, and I got to do all this stuff, and I feel like God has broken some of that off of me to be like, man, I don't have to get it all done, first of all, and it'll be all right, and He'll do things that I don't expect, and He'll get things done that I didn't get done. Um, and and the fast for me is like that on steroids because okay so, so my story this fast um, is that that first week I felt like God said like okay you're invited to fast and not eat so I didn't eat the first week and I, but I felt like He was like keep checking in with me like this isn't like okay do this for 21 days this is like keep asking me if there's grace for this. Keep asking me if you're supposed to keep responding this way and keep doing this. And that first week, like, I kept coming back to, like, Jesus, do I have the grace for today to, like, move at a slower pace? Because, like, my, your mind, like, I don't know if you've done this with Gone Without Eating, your mind is pretty sharp, like, generally speaking. Like, all that food and gluten doesn't bog it down a lot of time. Well, you get the headaches and that sort of thing, maybe. Uh, I kept drinking coffee. Um, but, <laughs> but your body just feels, like, slower. It's just, like, you're a little bit weaker, like, you, and, and you can't just take on the world. It's like, God, I, I'm going a little slower this week. And your work in me is helping me to just slow down and, and, and to kind of move at a slower pace in your grace um, here this week. And, and then, honestly, the second week, I felt like it was Taylor's birthday last week and we were going into the week, and I felt like God was like, celebrate and eat like with your family. Like, be with your family. Um, and I did that, but I'll tell you this. Like, I felt, I felt like, a difference between those weeks. Like, I felt when I started eating again, I felt just that urge to just be like, okay, I can put some fuel in my body and I can keep going. I got this, you know? Like, I'm strong again. I'm, not, I'm stronger than I think I am, you know? Like, not, not like drastically, but as I'm going into this next week, I'm like, I'm like, I want to recover something a little bit. And it may not mean not eating, um, but I think it means, like, how, how does this fast, Help to get me on pace with Jesus, to slow me down, to work alongside of him, and to work with him this week instead of just doing my own thing, to, to like first hear his voice and respond to that. And the Lord did like the the like the coolest thing that I feel like he did um, was last Sunday morning. Last Sunday morning, I didn't have any responsibilities, I was just kind of spending time with Jesus. And I was thinking about the fast. I was, I was pretty sure that I was going to start eating. Um, but I wasn't, I was kind of waiting for some confirmation from Jesus. Like, do I eat this week or not? And um, and there was a chorus that, if you guys were at Upper Room, this would be old news. But, or you may have missed it, I don't know. But there was a chorus that I felt like the Lord gave me um, on my sabbatical that was like, it was the big thing God was doing with me about like, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone opens the door, I'll come in and eat with them and all that. And so, I was focusing on just inviting Jesus to come in and inviting Him and inviting Him. And um, and I, this chorus came to my heart that just simply says, "You are invited to sit at the table in my heart." And and I said, "I would, That would come to my mind a lot, and it was like me inviting Jesus. To be with me. Well, last week before the service, I felt like Jesus turned that upside down to me. Mm. And he said, You are invited to come sit at the table of my heart. Um, And it was just a really cool switch. And it was like Jesus was saying, You're invited, you're free in one respect to go eat your food and to do that sort of thing, but you are free to have as much of me as you want. You're free to come sit at the table of my heart and feast and take everything that you need, whether that's you know, food and energy or you know, wisdom and direction or whatever, like intimacy with him. I, I was like, he was inviting me instead of me just inviting him. Um, and so my, my heart for you this week, and, and this is, you know, I'm approaching this third week as kind of like, like okay, what do you want me to do this week? Um, I don't know how this fast has been for you up to this point, but my challenge and, and my prayer is that somehow for you this week, you let your fast, okay, this is, I don't know if it's been up there a long time, you see what I did here? <laughs> let your fast slow you down, Okay. Fast, slow, you get it, alright? Fast and sandwich, good. Alright, let, find a way to let your fast slow you down. And let's, let's draw it all back to our points for today. Like, I believe if, if we get on pace with Jesus and we make ourselves available to hear His voice, He's going to lead us into mission, He's going to lead us in a lot of things. He's going to give us prayers for all different kinds of stuff. He's going to speak to us and give us words for ourselves, but He's also going to give us words for other things. And, and that first week, I felt like the Lord gave me three prayers that are just supposed to be on repeat for me this year. And one of those is that we would see people coming to faith in, in our body again, like salvations and baptisms and all that good stuff. And that's a prayer for mission. And if I'm faithful in praying for that, I think God's going to like send me opportunities. He's going to send me people. He's going to He's going to turn my heart towards people that need to know Him, and He's going to do that work supernaturally. Um, And so, I just invite you, maybe, maybe keep doing what you're doing. Maybe approach this week differently, and and somehow let this fast be an exercise. In weakness and in slowing down to hear how God would lead you out in mission to the world around you.